Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And it's just the two of us this week, but for a very good reason. Matt, who's usually on the show, um, and his wife, Julia, just had their first child on game day right before uh, the Clemson game. Yeah, poor, poor baby Galleon did not have to wait long for to experience her first tech uh, game and tech loss. Uh, but you get used you know, to it. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're not filling her head with any uh with any false expectations here, right? Yeah. It's not like me walking on campus in 2012 and thinking, "Oh, all football seasons will be like this one." <laughs> yeah, none of them have been like that one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think you specifically even told me, "Hey, look, don't don't get used to this." <laughs> I think I remember that happening. Yeah, and I was I was riding that wave too, man, but yeah, I was also there. My freshman year not quite as successful as yours was, but Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. So yeah, shout out, uh, shout out Matt, shout out Julia, and uh, and shout out Baby Galleon. Yeah, so I mean, you know, y'all send Matt some positive thoughts, you know, as they navigate the early days of of child rearing. Um, here, Matt, Matt apparently is very tired and hungry uh, so far. Is how he's dealing with his first two days of fatherhood. <laughs> it sounds about right. Don't have a kid, but yeah. that's what I've gathered from. You know, TV shows and things. Yeah, first GoTech baby. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to add onesies to the store. So trying to think about transition from baby to to losing a football game. But I mean, I really thought that this game would be so much worse than it ended up being. I mean, the final score was pretty bad, but I mean we were down by a what, a touchdown at halftime? Yep. No, uh and, and we'll get into this, but I mean, you look at that final score, and if if you didn't watch a second of this game, you're probably not listening to this podcast. But (laughs) for for those people, you know, out in just college football land generally, they're like, oh, yeah, Clemson coasted to a 28 point victory. Right. And Tech probably scored a couple late touchdowns. But it's really not how this game went. It was relatively competitive in the first half. And, you know, we'll get into what happened in the second half. But uh, I thought. Tech acquitted themselves very well in this game against, you know, a a Clemson team that is number five in the nation for a reason, right? Yeah. Like you said, in case people didn't watch the game or maybe were distracted watching multiple things, let's go ahead and go through this game recap. We'll try to do it in 90 seconds. No promises. Ooh, 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 hold on. Hold on. Let me get my uh, let me get my timer out here. Got to keep got to keep us honest, you know? Yeah. All right. Go. In a game full of moral victories, the Bulldogs get their first moral victory by holding Clemson to a field goal on their opening drive. Not so lucky the second time as a big pass play leads to a touchdown and a 10 to nothing Tiger lead. Some trickeration backfires as a double pass by Trey Harris ends up intercepted. Clemson can't take advantage of the turnover, punching the ball back to Tech. The Bulldogs get down to the Clemson 39-yard line before Buck Buchanan comes out to attempt a 56-yard field goal. It's blocked, scooped up, ran back for 13 yards, fumbled, and then recovered by Tech, just like we drew it up. The offense enters the red zone and has to settle for a non-blocked field goal this time, 10-3 Clemson. The teams trade a couple other field goals and then trade three and outs. Tech gets a huge stop on a third down to keep the score 13-6 at half. Tech's first drive of the second half is a showcase of how the third quarter would go. False start, incompletion, false start, incompletion, interception. Just brutal. One 32-yard rush play later, and it's 20-6 Clemson. Another interception on the next drive by McNeil, and another offensive touchdown by the Tigers. Tech needing a spark, goes for it on fourth down at their own 33 on the next drive, but run plays weren't working all night and didn't hear either turnover on downs. This time, the single 32-yard touchdown play by Clemson is a pass, making it 34-6 Tigers. 
Tech goes three and out. Clemson pulls DJU and Will Shipley, but then they go four and out. An eight-play, 79-yard touchdown drive finally allows the Bulldogs to get a touchdown scored, a three and out by Clemson, and another touchdown by the Bulldogs. Suddenly, it's 34-20, to 20, and can someone say, come back? Uh, no, because DJU and Shipley re-enter to score a touchdown, and then another Tech fumble. Tech punts. Clemson drains the rest of the clock and ends up winning 48-20. to 20. Yeah, so you were you're about five seconds over uh, there. So not bad, not bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, just going back through that, the one thing that sticks with me is just, you know, obviously you lose a game by 28 points, but we really kind of gave it away, right? I mean, it's not that we were going to win, right? That's not what I'm saying at all. But I mean, it's just mistake after mistake after mistake and, and Clemson capitalizing on those mistakes in the second half, right? That's... That's really the story of this one for me. It, there were mistakes made. I, I mean, I think the reason why we were in in the first half is because Clemson was made some mistakes, like the blocked field goal turned fumble. Uh, but I really just I think it came down to just depth and our defense was just gassed by the end oh, of this yeah. one. And yeah. so even at halftime, it was very obvious we're not going to be able to keep this up in this game. We really needed to get our offense going. And eventually we scored a touchdown but it wasn't happening in the first half and you knew that was only going to last for so long on the defensive side. Yeah. And you know, I think there's a lot of good in this game, um, more than I was expecting. Um, and you know, there's, there's some bad too, but I, I just think like overall, right. Tech came in here 33 and a half point underdogs at kickoff, I believe. And, you know, really played like a team that probably should have lost by 14, not, not 28. But those mistakes, uh, especially against a team with the caliber of Clemson, who can, you know, literally take your interception and your your turnover on downs and turn them into one play, 32 yard drives both times. Um, you just can't make those mistakes and expect to to win um, or or be, you know, in a one possession game at the end. And if you look at some of our close calls against power five opponents in the last five or so years, you'll find that like those that's the difference, right? We're not making these huge mistakes or we're for forcing more turnovers than we did in this game. Clemson only had the one turnover, which was, I mean, kind of feels like it shouldn't even count. Cause it's like <laughs> the guy blocks the field goal. Someone else picks it up and runs and it's like half a fumble, right? It, it, it was, it gave us essentially, it's the same as if they had jumped off sides on the kick, yeah. right? <laughs> like it, it, except we lost 10 yards on the play, but we were able, you know, we were able to move the ball in this game. Some we were not able to run the ball, but you know, you look at the, like the number of three and outs, it's not that high, right? It's, I see three and one fumble after three plays. That was the, the bad snap. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, like I w I had very low expectations going into this game and I think my expectations were exceeded. Yeah. I don't want to, fool anyone and say that we had a chance to win this game or oh man we were so close to taking down a top 10 team like other other sunbelt schools have done this year especially i to plug the gotech stats account at gtbdd underscore stats uh tweets out the advanced box scores on monday afternoons and i mean the win expectancy post game using advanced stats and stuff like that is only 0.22 percent this was not a game we were going to win especially with all the turnovers that we had um, and I think that's my, what was bad about this game turnovers. Yes, but mostly just tipped passes, uh, the, mm. I felt like in the past Parker McNeil's interceptions have been, what were you thinking? 
there's a guy standing right there and he threw it right to him or you just didn't see what you were supposed to see and threw the ball into the wrong place. I felt like a lot of these um, and not all of them were intercepted, but there were several times he had a guy, but it got tipped at the line. And that's not something we're going to have to face. I think again this year is at least a defensive line, the caliber of Clemson's, even if they didn't rush and create as much pressure as you would expect, they still got their hands up and they're big boys. And so they're able to force those incompletions, tip those passes. Sometimes they come down as picks, but at worst they get marked down as incompletions. And that was bad in this game was just how often that happened. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you remember the Mizzou game at this point, but he kind of looked more like Downing um, in that a lot of those balls were getting tipped everywhere. And that was what Downing did in, in week one. But I think I think you're exactly right. I mean, Clemson's defensive line is essentially just a future NFL defensive line. Right. And, you know, uh, if you look at some of the advanced stats from like the PFF numbers and stuff like that, I mean, Tech's offensive line in this game which what have we been complaining about for the last two and a half years on this show? The most is almost certainly the offensive line, right? And how we aren't sure what we're going to get from them. They only allowed four quarterback pressures in this game. Um, And I think part of the reason for that (laughs) is that Clemson watching tape of McNeil, uh, and, and this is a common complaint we're seeing on Parker McNeil so far, is that the dude has like a one second windup, right? It's like a baseball pitcher's windup. He's, you know, he really telegraphs where he's going to throw the ball. And, you know, if you're that defensive lineman in that gap, if you can get your hands up and the offensive lineman isn't going to stop a Clemson guy from getting his hands up if he wants to, right? Yeah. You know, if you can get your hands up, you're probably going to be able to, to affect that pass or affect that throwing lane in a way that, you know, really has a huge impact on the game. Cause I thought Parker McNeil looked pretty good in this game. You know what we were able to do some, uh, and I'll talk about that later. So I'll cut myself off here, but yeah, I, I agree, Nathan. I thought those tip passes were, were huge in terms of limiting our passing attack uh, in what was otherwise a pretty good night for the, for the air attack. Yeah. And really the only other bad thing, which you have written down in the notes, but I also agree with it. So I want to make sure I get said is just the play calling um, at times. Yeah. So there were times where, okay, we're going forward on our own. What was it? 33 yard line uh, where we know we need to do something here. If we want any shot in this game, we need to start being very aggressive and hope we're lucky. And it turns out we weren't lucky. We we had gone, we had gone down, just gone down 27 to six. And this was three plays after we had gone down. uh, You know, it, it had, it had literally just been 13 to six and now it's 27 to six. And so, I don't hate the call to go for it. Yeah. Uh, What did I hate, Nathan? Tell me what I hated about the call. So in this game, Tech ran the ball 21 times, averaged 0.6 yards per rush. Yeah. This isn't Missouri. This is Clemson that I'm talking about right here, but basically the same result. On fourth and two, we ran the ball. And maybe you're trying to get them off guard and sure, uh, whatever, See, maybe, but that wasn't really, the first time we tried to catch them off guard with a run on a, in an obvious running situation. Yeah. And uh, if we wanted to get two yards with a running play, we better have started on first down because if it was first and two, we would have picked up the first down eventually, but fourth and two, it was not going to happen. Yeah. Then there was that weird, like QB sneak that we tried to run on like a third and a long two as if it was third and inches, but yeah, Neil ended up fumbling the snap anyway, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, um and falling so, on it and 
yeah, yeah. We we retained possession, but like that play call was just like, are like, are you aware that it's not third and inches? Or did like, you look at the wrong stick and think the and, yeah marker was the first down line? <laughs> somebody said maybe like maybe they were going to line up in that formation, try to draw Clemson offside, and then maybe audible into like a passing formation, and that's why the snap was fumbled. That's possible, right? Yeah, and that's something we won't we won't figure out because like they're not going to go in and tell us like, Oh yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody will ask coach about it at his press conference and he'll answer, but it wouldn't surprise me if they were supposed to hard count and then audible to something else or call timeout or something. But the center who, by the way, was a backup center. Um, Ray Kelly got in the game because Abraham Delphin got, uh, got hurt. Uh, he's out for the season, by the way. Um, actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but, It'll it'll get out in the press conference tomorrow before this airs. So, okay. Um, but yeah, a- Abe Delphin hurt on the first series, so we got a backup center in. So small stuff like that that ends up making a huge difference and making making Coach Cumby look dumb because he's trying to you know try to call a QB sneak on third and long two against Clemson. Uh, yeah. But anyway, that's that's not my what was bad. I I just wanted to touch on again the the self inflicted wounds, right? Like not that. I don't want to misrepresent anything. Like you said, Nathan, we're not like winning this game if this doesn't happen, but we had four turnovers in the second half. If you include that aforementioned turnover on downs, uh, which directly gave Clemson 28 points, right? They scored 28 points off of those, the three second half turnovers plus the turnover on downs. Uh, We lost by 28 points. So, you know, one of the things that we said last week was we'd have to play a completely clean game to have a shot. And in the first half, minus the blocked field goal and the the interception on the trick play, which, you know, I, I don't even mind that. It's just a punt, basically, at that point. We pretty much played clean in the first half. And the second half was just the complete opposite story. And, you know, we still played all right when we weren't shooting ourselves in the in the foot, right? And so that, that's just what I wanted to say. And, and that's kind of what we need to clean up going into this much, much more manageable portion of our schedule with South Alabama and then Conference USA play. We just, we can't do stuff like that. We can't throw three interceptions. We can't have a field goal blocked. We can't go for it on fourth and one in our own territory and, you know, not get it, right? <laughs> like, yeah, uh, that those are recipes for losses no matter who you're playing. And so, you know, it almost does didn't matter that it was Clemson. It was just like, oh, defense gets a stop. Oh, okay, well... They're back out there two plays later. So anyway, I'll stop talking now. <laughs> yeah, because I think we've spent a little too long talking about what was bad. Again, Tech lost this game by 28 points. We know that there were quite a few bad things. Let's talk about the good. Uh, one of the things I mentioned a little bit earlier was that first half defense. How, again, if you're able to hold Clemson to only scoring 13 points and a half, something's right. Something's happening that should be happening. And that should be applauded. But since I already touched on it, I'll pick something else here now. Griffin Bear, And that's not just because I picked him as my season MVP before the season started. But looking really smart right now, by the way. Really smart. His long is only 46 in this game. Wow. What a scrub. Yeah. Uh, I think that's his least long, long of the season so far. Well, he's Uh, had one catch for 75 yards in both of the other games. Yeah. So exactly. I thought this transition to tight end would be a lot of fun to watch. I'm not sure how he's doing blocking. We may need PFF to to tell us how exactly that stuff is going on. But 
he's just able to find room, make a catch and run. And uh, I don't know if I'm sure Clemson watched tape on him. I mean, enough tape exists throughout the years to know what exactly he can do, but he still found a way even outside that 46 yard touchdown or it wasn't a touchdown. He got tackled eventually, but still four other catches and 80 something yards outside of that one play as well. Just a great night from Griffin Bear, And really, I hope that continues because it's been a while since we've had that go-to receiver. Uh, we keep saying this guy should be like Teddy Veal should be the go-to this year. But it really has been since Trent Taylor, Carlos Henderson years that we've had a go-to go-to. And I think that's who Bear is becoming this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely can't say enough about what he's doing so far. Um, I don't know if you saw this earlier, but LaTeX football tweeted out he is currently leading the nation in yards per catch with 30.89. Just incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of that has to do with the scheme. And like you said, he moved, quote unquote, moved to tight end. I don't really know what that means. Uh, he's basically a slot receiver, but he's 6'3", 229 this year. I'm trying to see if I can figure out what he weighed last year, just out of curiosity, when he was, you know, quote unquote, a wide receiver and not... Yeah, he was 6'3", 223, so he's added like nine pounds, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if that changes you from a wide receiver to a tight end, <laughs> but uh, the way we're using him is essentially a slot receiver. And again, like, I mean, this isn't my what was good, but the scheme works when it works, man. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is this is why Griffin Hebert is doing this, because we're able to pick on the vulnerabilities in the defense and like, if this thing starts clicking and I, I think that's my biggest takeaway from this game is like, if we can clean this stuff up that I talked about in the, what was bad. And like, if this thing just fires on all cylinders, right? Like if Parker McNeil looks like he's looked at his best moments against the inferior competition, we have the rest of the season. Like, I don't see how this team doesn't go to a bowl with that offense and the defense that we've had so far that has shown real flashes of being very good. Now, the overall stats, if you're just looking at a stat sheet, don't look great. You know, we're like the 130th run defense in the country, for example. So, like, uh, yeah. we got we have some stuff to clean up, certainly. But, like, you know, one, one of the other things I wanted to mention, and this is a lot. Uh, actually, I'll just transition straight into it. The scheme is working a lot because of this passing attack. And, you know, what was good in this game against Clemson specifically was how our wide receivers were able to get open. You know, if you listen to the broadcast, if you listen to a Clemson fan, they'll tell you, oh, well, these aren't our starting defensive backs, you know, that one guy's out hurt and the other guy's out, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's all great. But you've got six receivers catching a pass. You've got, you know, longs. Here, let me just read down this list of longs. Griffin Hebert, 46 yards. Julian Lewis, 38 yards. Trey Harris, 26 yards. Cyrus Allen, 31 yards. Right. Like these guys are getting open downfield. Yeah. And that's what we've heard about Parker McNeil is that he's a good downfield passer. Uh, so if he can sort out the short stuff in the medium range and, and just be like serviceable, like if our guys are getting separation against, you know, four or five star recruits who are sure the backup cornerback at Clemson, but that guy's going to be a starter on any team we play the rest of the season. Right. Yeah. Like if they're able to do that and we're able to find those, those vulnerabilities in, in a defense like Clemson's, I mean, like I said, watch out. You know, if, you, if you're UTEP watching this film, like you better watch out, you know? It just feels like we are so close to all the pieces clicking. We're not there. And we're not, I don't think we'll be there this week against South Alabama either. 
uh, with everything clicking. But it yeah. feels like by the end of this year, this could be a very good team. But can we? How quickly do we get there? And can we stumble through a few wins while we're still figuring out along yeah. the way to put ourselves in a position to fight for bowl eligibility at the end of the year? That's really the lot, question. Yeah, it feels a lot closer than I thought we would feel after playing Clemson in week three. Yeah. Right? I thought we were going to be like, well, we just got grounded into dust. Hopefully we'll survive into the next week to play whoever it is next on our schedule. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But, you know, we've talked about what's bad, what's good. Nathan, was there anything that surprised you about this game? Yeah, one particular play. I, we talked about it a little bit, but that blocked field goal. Not because I was surprised that it was blocked. It was, what, a 56-yard attempt. Um, so Yeah, you, Buck Buchanan's first first field goal attempt, I believe. And, and when it's a long field goal, too, you angle it down so you don't waste as much energy on getting the ball up. What really surprised me is what happened after the kick was blocked because you have the fumble and everything, but the person who causes that fumble and goes down recorded with a tackle, too, is Buck Buchanan. The the kickoff specialist and long kicker here. Yeah. He, and then you know who jumps on the loose ball? The holder. So Yeah. Hey, stay in that play, man. Yeah. Don't be all down and out because your kick got blocked. Even our boy Armstrong was jumping on the pile at the last minute. Like everyone was fighting for that and still playing oh, yeah. and not just giving up because the field goal was blocked. So I mean, I just love to see that effort. Even beyond seeing the effort, I mean, just it gives me Saints and uh Washington, then Redskins. Uh, I forget what year that was, but the interception fumble. Oh, 2009. Yeah. yeah. 2009. <laughs> and anytime I'm reminded of that game, it makes me happy. That was a crazy play. That ball was like, it like almost skipped along the turf, but like bounced off a dude's hand. So it didn't skip off the turf. And then fucking Robert Meacham just ran that motherfucker down <laughs> <laughs> and like said, give me that ball and ran the other way. I think for a touchdown, right? I think so, yeah. But uh but but, but yeah. back to special teams for your surprising game, surprising moment. Yeah, for sure. I, I gotta stick with special teams. I mean, I think we mentioned it on the Mizzou recap that our punting was just awful in that game, and it really had an out it really played a role in the outcome of that game. Um again, single factors are not the reason you lose in a twenty-eight point loss, but like the fact that our punting average was what, 34 and a half yards in that game, something like that, uh, was definitely contributing, right? Because Mizzou has a much shorter field and that that matters. You know, if you look at advanced stats or if you just watch games, right, like only having to go 45 yards instead of 75 yards matters a lot. Austin McCready against Clemson punted for seven, uh, 47 yards per punt on four punts with a long of 51. So not only it's not like he had a random 70 yard bounce that caused that you know, dude just remembered how to punt. And that surprised me. Right. He looked yeah. OK against SFA, but 47 yards per punt. We haven't seen that type of performance uh, in a long time at Tech. So possibly since Ryan Allen. Yeah. Keep that uh, up, please. Yeah. Please. I'm begging uh, you. That'd be really nice. Um. He may deserve player of the game for his punting prowess. Uh, Buck Buchanan, possibly for the most entertaining moment of the night. But I'm going to give player of the game this game to Parker McNeil. Uh, not perfect at all. No. But to go into the game, yeah, you th he threw the ball 42 times, but the throw for 311 yards against Clemson. Granted, again, playing the twos by the end of the game. But still, 7.4 yards per completion, a touchdown, and two picks 
remember there were three picks on the night, but one was that trick play thrown by Trey Harris. Ends yeah. up with the same QBR in this game as uh, DJU, Uungale. So, I mean, that's just, we didn't lose the game because of him. And it felt like we are a quarterback away. It's felt all year that we were a quarterback away from having an amazing team. And I don't know if that's, I would still wish that we had a better quarterback. I, I'm kind of at the point of, of settling for Parker McNeil, uh, yeah. but he's improving. And I don't think he is the weak point of this team anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still it still all rides with him because the scheme is so dependent on quarterback reads and, you know, the ability to make the throw that's open. And yeah, but I mean, you look up at the end of the game, you have 300 plus yards against Clemson. I mean, you got to be at least somewhat satisfied with that. I'm sure yeah. he'd tell you he's not satisfied with the loss, but uh, two interceptions uh, must have been five or six balls batted down at the line. So I think that's the biggest thing. Um, that if if you're a different team's defense, you're probably looking for ways to bat the ball down at the line like Clemson did. But yeah, not a bad performance from Parker McNeil. And like I said, it's it's like you can see that it's it's there, right? You can see like what we're trying to do and that if it works by the, you know, if 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 it can all click by like late October, this is a bowl team for sure, right? Yeah. But if it's, you know, if it takes more time than that or if we regress, which is certainly possible with such a young team and new coach and everything like possible injuries. We already have yeah. our starting center going out for the rest of yeah. the year. So. Yeah. And we haven't seen a close game either. So we don't know what Sunday Cumbie will do, you know, late in a in a game that's 20 to 17. And, yeah. you know, we've got the lead with five minutes left. You know, are we throwing three passes and giving them, you know, four and a half minutes or are we? Are we going to play more conservatively? But, you know, Skip Holtz played conservatively and that didn't always work. So, you know, there's a lot to learn still. But after three games and after, you know, this 28 point loss to Clemson, I, I'm feeling better. Uh, my player of the game, since there's just two of us, I'll mention, you know, Tyler Grubbs had a really good game, 15 tackles, uh, 10 solo tackles. But uh, my actual player of the game is not Tyler Grubbs, uh, although he he probably deserves it, had a very solid game. But it's going to go to another wide receiver, Julian Lewis, uh, seven catches for 76 yards, long of 38. Julian Lewis, by the way, was awarded a scholarship like eight days ago, nine days ago. Yeah. So you're talking about a, a former walk on wide receiver who's just gotten a scholarship. And uh, what is he, a, a redshirt freshman, a true freshman? He is a he is a redshirt freshman. Uh, from Georgia. And yeah, I mean, he, he appeared in one game last season, but really seeing some of his first action, uh, he had one catch against Mizzou, two catches against SFA, but seven catches for 76 yards under the lights with 90,000 people screaming at you. I mean, uh, like I said, it, we have some weapons, man. Uh, and more than we anticipated. Cause we knew we had smoke and Trey. We knew we had Griffin, a bear, but you know, Cyrus Allen and Julian Lewis, like these kids can ball, man. Like these are the things look bright for the future, but maybe even the near future, right? With guys like this. Yeah, I, th I think my takeaway is that we should just give more scholarships to people because they that's true. Start playing really well after we give them a scally. Yeah, it's very that's what they're called, right? That's the short short term for it. Scally. Sure. Yeah. All right. So final thoughts, not about what I just said, but about this game, and then also <laughs> did tech go and did tech die? Evan, you want to go first? Yeah. This is. I mean it's really hard to answer that question, right? You lose by 28 points on the road in a game. You're, you know, you're, you're underdogs by 33 and a half. So you covered and they always say good teams win, great teams cover. Right. But, um, I think they mean that 
the other way, though. So Clemson should have won by 35, and that would make them a great team. But um, I think that means we're better than Clemson because we covered. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. we're great. They're only good. Um, you know, I, I think I've already pretty much said my final takeaways from this game, like throughout the whole episode. It's just that, you know, seeing this performance um, makes you realize that we've got something cooking. Right. And it's not it's not quite ready yet. You know, we got to we got to stir it some more times. We got to add some more seasonings. You know, maybe maybe if it's gumbo, you're you're getting towards the time where you'd add your okra in right to make it thicken up and, you know, get to that point of, of being ready to serve. But I don't I think tech went I don't think they died, but, you know, maybe they, you know, they're just they're just chilling, man. They're not really like making a lot of noise yet, but they're just hanging out, biding their time. So I know that doesn't really answer the way we frame our question, but uh, yeah, tech went and and just vibed for a while. That's that's what I'm going with. <laughs> Go tech, please just vibe. Uh, yeah, my thought is that. I think Tech went and didn't die. I mean, we talked earlier in the year about how we wish we played Clemson week one rather than Missouri because it felt like that's the the game if we would have had any shot against Clemson it would have been week one. But we saw what our offense looked like in, in Columbia and in Clemson, and it definitely looked better this week. And so not getting run out of the stadium. It being a one-score game at halftime, I, I was, I'm just happy with that. I'm doing the hands clapping slap whatever that is washing your hands clean motion but it's a podcast so you can't see it but I, I was just all right let's go home we learned that we're not going to win this game but we can win a lot of them down the rest of the schedule and so i am perfectly happy with how this game turned out i don't think that it could have gone much better honestly with what we know uh the reason why these early game upsets usually happen the reason why notre dame gets upset by Marshall is not because Marshall's better than a top five team. It's because Notre Dame's not a top five team. So Clemson appears to be, and still appears to be a top five team. So the fact that we were able to play them even that close, there's no such thing as a moral victory, but there absolutely is. And we did. And so tech went and did not die. Yeah. And to that point, I think like, you know, I was listening to the solid verbal earlier today, which is a college football podcast that really just focuses on like the main stuff. And so they almost never mentioned tech. And so I was kind of expecting that their review of this game would just be like Clemson won 48 to 20. Uh, but they actually stopped and like talked about how Clemson kind of struggled for a little bit. And like, you know, you're making guys that don't care about G5 football stop and scrub through this game to figure out what happened and what went wrong for Clemson. Uh, and you're giving, you know, whoever Clemson plays three weeks from now in ACC play they're going to watch this game. They're going to figure out what we were doing to slow Clemson down. You know what, what Clemson was doing against us. Like, and that I think is, you know, shows you that we're doing something right because we didn't just come out and lose 45 to three. And there's nothing to take away from this game other than five star recruits are better than two star recruits, right? Like there's, there's a lot more that went on here that I think both, both us and Clemson can take away from and, and work on. Um, also, we have not mentioned probably my favorite thing to come out of this game, um, which is uh, the the whole Ella Strong situation. Nathan, you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So one of the Clemson players, um, was it Brian Brees was his name? Is his name? I think it's Brisey or Breesey or something. But yeah. So yeah, Brian Breesey, his sister recently passed away with brain cancer. Um, yeah. Evan, I think you know the story a little bit better than I do. 
Yeah, uh, she she has, uh, you know, been a, you know, one of those situations where the team has gotten very close to her and, you know, was inspired by her story and her fight. And she unfortunately passed away, I think, last Tuesday. And so Brian, um, one of their stud defensive linemen, I remember or defensive lineman. I remember mentioning him on last week's preview episode um, because he's a, he's a preseason all American. Uh, He did not play obviously, um, you know, and our, our thoughts go out to him and his family for going through that. And for the whole Clemson program, obviously going through that really difficult time. And, you know, we don't, we don't want to like, we don't, you don't want that to happen to anybody, right? It doesn't matter if they're on, our team or, or, or somebody else's team. Right. So it's what tech did and the way that they did it, I think that is inspiring a lot of people right now. And, and so Nathan, what did, what did coach Cumby do? Um, and the team. Yeah. So coach Cumby before the game was on the field wearing, uh, one of the shirts that they, I believe were selling to, uh, to raise money. Um, but also, uh, he had the entire team, and I, I guess I should just say the entire team did, um, go out and write letters. Um, and so it's just a big box full of, uh, of envelopes full of letters from um, every member, according to the Clemson account of Tex football team, to the Breesey family. And it's really nice to be able to come together. Yeah, we're playing an opponent. We want to win a football game, but there are things that are more important. And to be able to say, yeah, I went to that school, <laughs> the school I'm so proud yeah. of makes me pride, prideful in another way is just kind of incredible as someone who is watching this from the outside. Yeah. And, and the way that we even know about this is because it impacted Clemson and, you know, coach Dabo Swinney. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure the Brissy family as well, it impacted them enough to say something about it. Right. They coach Swinney after the game, you know, he talked for maybe like 25 seconds about how they needed to clean some things up and it was a good, you know, a good effort by their guys. And then he immediately turned into talking about Sonny Cumbie and the kind of man he is. And we're just learning about all this stuff now. You know, he's our new coach. We don't know him that well yet. But for Coach Swinney to take, you know, basically two thirds of his little post game press conference to talk about what tech did for their pro, you know, for, for the Brissy family to show support and to show love. Like it, it's just really cool to see. And, you know, we didn't do it to get this attention, right? It, it, it wouldn't have gotten any attention if Clemson had just, you know, said, Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Right. And moved on. And, and it, the gesture still would have been there. It still would have made the impact with the family, which is what tech I think was intending. But, you know, it's, it's also really cool for us to know about this and for the world to kind of see, Hey, like, you know, yeah, they went in and they were going to play Clemson and, you know, rather than study film for an hour, they, they all sat down and, and really thought about the impact that, that they could have with this family by just writing down some support and love. And you know, it's just, it's just nice to see, right. It's bigger than football sometimes. And, um, you know, Sonny Cumbie seems like a really good dude. So I'm happy that he's our coach. Yeah. Again, it was incredible to see incredible to be, I guess not a part of because we didn't do anything, but it's cool to yeah. see our school uh, represented um, like that. And so that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please on Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E, or you can head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where on game days there's a post up kind of briefly going over sometimes just what we talked about on the podcast, but sometimes more information's 
offer it as well. Just kind of a quick catch up if you need to read something before the game. Uh, there's also the contest. Evan, tell us about the contest. Yeah, so uh, this week's scores were tweeted out by Nathan earlier. He uh, did a great job making that scoreboard uh, look nice and new. Oh, man, I see some Basingers, three Basingers in the row at the at the yeah. top. But number one right now, we got Jake Stewart, 19, uh, who basically d- doubled up. He more than doubled up his previous two games with a 22-pointer this week in the Clemson game. Uh, so he's got the lead by seven points right now over Cameron Basinger um, and then Caleb and Brian Basinger and then LD Johnson 43 round out the top five. Um, so, yeah, make sure you go play the contest this week. It's gtpdd.dog slash contest. And basically, you'll just answer some questions about who's going to win, what the score will be, you know, which uh, which player will have the most yards, you know, that that sort of thing. Uh, if you forget. You know, your answers from last week will be counted. So, you know, maybe you picked Tech to lose to Clemson by 20 points. Do you think we're also going to lose to South Alabama by 20 points? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but if you want to change your answers, just get on over to gtpdd.dog slash contest. And uh, that's where you can do that. Yeah. And then while you're there, also do the fantasy football challenge at gtpdd.dog slash fantasy, where you have $15 to spend on five positions um, with different players costing different amounts. I, we always record these podcasts before I go and grade each week's. Uh, but last week, it was a Tech fan winning, Brian, which was great, instead of uh, the Talrak who won week one. So uh, look to see on the Twitter feed tomorrow uh, when this comes out to see who won week three of the Fantasy Football Challenge. Um, again, gtpdd.dog slash fantasy. One last thing to do on the site, gtpdd.dog slash shop, and that's to get this month's September shirt of the month, the Spirit of 88 Bulldog. I really need to tweet it again. I really like this shirt. I need to get one of these for myself, and you should get it for yourself as well. gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And go tech. Please don't die. I forgot I took two notes in this game. One was about the blocked field goal. One was about Grubbs. Uh, with about 10 minutes left in the second quarter, he faked a blitz, dropped back to the safety level. Oh, God. Like, I well behind any of our secondary, then jumps a <laughs> route and almost gets a pick. The dude is the ultimate utility player. What What was that? Like, what it was the incredible. was that? It was incredible. When you My have God, a guy Tyler like him Grubbs. who can do that, you do it. It looked like he realized he came to the realization that they were going to pooch punt and realized we didn't have a returner. It's like on NCAA football when you when you accidentally call a defensive play on fourth down, so you just send one of your cornerbacks back to try to catch the punt. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah.